For, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm Josh. Uh, I'm on the team here at Arena, serving uh, quite a few different areas. And this is Christian Thorpe, who is our pastor. Um, mate, there's a mic just behind you, just Do you quickly want to just introduce yourself and tell the guys who you are for those who don't know? Yeah, my name's Christian. I'm one of the pastors. <laughs> I will say a little bit more. I'm married to Caroline, uh, who sat on the front, and we have four lovely kids, uh, Annie, who's 16, and Eleanor, 14, and uh, Isaac, who's nine, and then Lilia, who's eight. That's great. That's great. Now... We get the tough theological questions out of the way right at the start of stories that live. So, um, if I'd have known that, Josh, I'd have made sure that Phil was up here. <laughs> so you, you can, I mean, you can cough like uh, who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> you ready, Phil? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Paul is sat behind you as well. Okay. Batman or Spider-Man? Batman. <laughs> Vintage or new? Vintage. Car-wise, speed or luxury? Luxury. I had your down as a luxury man. Summer or winter? Or summer. This is a tough one. Kenny G or Hillsong? Oh, Kenny G. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> night in or night out? Night in. A night with Kenny Dalgleish or the Apostle Paul? <laughs> <laughs> I know what the right answer is, but... Uh... No, it would be the Apostle Paul. Just. Just. <laughs> yeah. Three cheers for Suarez. Yeah. Uh, Mansfield or Elkiston? Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, M1 Corridor. <laughs> that's it. That's the right answer. That's a, that's a diplomatic answer right there. That's the right answer. It's, yeah. yeah, it's the right answer. Um, for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who have been around for a long time, we pride ourselves at Arena on being authentic and being real. And I can say, because of knowing Christian, because of knowing everyone who steps onto this stage, that we, are all, well, we always strive to be 100% transparent and 100% real. And the greatest thing for me is knowing that Christian and spending time with him outside of church, spending time with him off of the stage, he is the same off the platform as he is on it. And sometimes that's been a problem in church and sometimes in the media that's been, a, been portrayed maybe not quite right about the church in general and people in positions in the church. But you can know this about our pastors, that they are authentic and they're 100% real. Um, you don't have to respond to that. Thank you. Um, so give us an idea about how you were saved. What, what age, what circumstance, what situation? Yeah, well, I was, um, so I'm a Mansfield lad. So uh, I guess, really, you know, if you ask me Mansfield Town Football Club or Ilson Athletic, I'd say Mansfield Town. Um, <clears throat> so this is, where I was, this is where I was brought up. So, you know, I was uh, Carter Lane and uh, first school. I don't think that's there now. And Forest Town, uh, Juniors, and then St. John's, that's gone. I think there's a bit of a rhythm to my life. Every school I go to, they shut them down. Don't read too much into that. And then Brunt's. And uh, just coming from here, my parents are in the service tonight, and I was raised in a Pentecostal church in, in Mansfield. Um, and I was probably a typical young lad in that 
if I can say this, there's a few people who were there around the church many years ago. It didn't seem the most exciting place for me to be. I have to be honest. Um, the excitement actually was there, was that there was a playground just next to the church. And on a Sunday night, if me, if my mum had caught me, we were in trouble because you weren't allowed to go and play on climbing frames and that sort of thing on Sundays. But we used to run and go and climb around and that was the most exciting thing about it. We used to love conventions because there was always food. And uh, so that was great. But it wasn't the greatest thing. So for me, uh, church was something that I was, I, I was raised in, but I can't say that it really impacted me until, interestingly, I was, we went to uh, an event in Mansfield Woodhouse on a Friday night, and there was an American uh, preaching, and uh, I was with my cousin Paul, and we were, as usually doing, just faffing around. Um, so anybody who's on the back rows... I always look for the back row because I always think, well, I wonder what they're up to. Because when I was on the back, yeah, and Sharon Pye's nudging. Yeah, that, that's typical. You know, we were just, but there was a call for salvation, Josh. And I can't say that, I'd, well, I hadn't, I hadn't done anything horrible. You know, I was only 11, but I, I knew that I needed Jesus. And some of you have heard me say, they must have wondered what was going off because to this day, I can't actually remember getting out of my seat, but I know I was at the front of the church. And my aunt is in and my mum were in. They were in that service. And I was weeping. If you remember, I was weeping at the front of the church, um, just kneeling, just weeping. I think the church wondered what on earth had gone off. Yeah. But I knew Jesus had touched me on that night. Yeah. And that was it, really. Uh, I, knew I, was a, I knew I was a sinner. And I knew I needed a savior, and his name was Jesus. Yeah. And so I committed my life to Jesus at, age of 11. That's great. Now, obviously we spoke about you being a pastor and your, your role here in, in church and, and wider as well. Yeah. What made you want to become a pastor? I didn't. I wanted to be a, a wealthy man. I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to go and make as much money as quick as I could. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And that really, that was part of it. But there, I, I say that, all joking aside, there was always something in my heart. There was always something that was just there. I remember uh, in Bosworth Street, as a, as a young lad, um, if my dad was down there doing some jobs, I, I'd go in the main hall, and I'd, I'd stand in the lectern. I've never said this to the public, and I'd, I'd, I'd preach. I, I, was, I was only a young lad, but I'd preach. I'd pretend that I was preaching. So I don't know what all that was about. Was there a wooing? Was the so I don't know. Was there something that was there? So um, I, I had aspirations to be a lawyer. The school said to me I wasn't bright enough or I wasn't um, willing to commit myself to the studies. Uh, so, you know, I joined the bank and I thought that was where my career was, was going to go. That God had other, had other things to say about it. <clears throat> so what age did you go into you know, full-time ministry? I was... Um, I was 21 20 I was 20 wasn't I I was 20 so I was a, I was a young young lad thought I knew everything thought I knew everything about everything and uh, and then quickly realized that actually I knew nothing um, so I was 20 when I when I went when they took me on and I've told the story here before I mean it wasn't glamorous it wasn't <laughs> my first job I'll tell you this they took me on I did this training I did this training school Talking about serving Paul, and it was exceptional what you just shared. And um, 
uh, so I did this year's training school and I'd had opportunity to preach in open airs and just have a clear sense of God's call on my life and it was confirmed over that year. And then the pastor said, will you come on staff? So I thought, this is it, this is fantastic. And, um, you know, basically it was for 100 quid. Well, we were living in Milton Keynes. So my whole uh, weekly money went on the rent. My rent was 100 pounds. That was the cheapest accommodation we could find. So we weren't exactly flushed. Let's put it that way. Um, and I remember my first job. So I, I came, I was, I was all dressed nice. I'd got my briefcase, I'd got my Bible in there. Because I was God's man of power for the hour. I was just going to, was, I was the new Billy Graham. I was the new Reinhardt Bonnke. I was going to, you know. So I walked in and George said to me, what are you dressed like that for? I said, well, I've come to work. He says, no, no, you need to go home and go and get some scruffs on. He says, your first job is you're going to scrub all these uh, toilets because we've just built a homeless accommodation unit. You need to scrub all the floors, bleach them. There's all this mess there. You need to sort it all out. And then once you've done that, you need to build all these bunk beds. So there was about 26 sets of bunk beds. Weren't they, Dad? They were your, your job. Well, me with a screwdriver and a hammer and a nail. I mean, I was useless. What was all that about? I was here to study. I was here to preach. Yeah. But that was my job, serving. And so that's where it all started. It was, it, was a, it was a long, long journey for me for really to get some of the stuff that you've said, Paul, in, in that what, it, what was Christian ministry all about. It's not about this thing here. It's really not. This is just the icing on the cake. For that was, those who were called to preaching, it's actually all the other stuff that we have to do around and the real love for people and a love for God and serving where nobody else notices. They're the things that count. Yeah, just as an aside, um, if you want to come and build bunk beds at our church, we can pay you £100 a week. Um, if you want to come on the pastoral staff, that's, am I right? Is, is that all right? Yeah, that's all right to say. So it's not quite as glamorous as people no, always say. No. Um, just talk to us about the journey. I, I, I want to talk about God's plan yeah. over your life because yeah. what I see from your story, what I see from you as a family is a family, a man who's followed God's plan for his life, whether that's cost him at times, whether that's not always been what you thought. Because I imagine coming out of school, knowing the type of guy you, you are, you, you had your ducks lined up, you, you, you kind of had a bit of a plan. Yeah. You knew you wanted to do this, this, and this, yeah. and then maybe God threw in a curveball. Just talk to us about that transition from, I guess, 16 to 2021. 20, yeah. Well, there, were, there, was, there was a transition. There was a number of, over that period, there was a lot of twists and turns. First of all, we, we, as a family, we moved down to uh, Milton Keynes. So we, we relocated and we got involved in a church there. And uh, so that, that was great. And what happened was, Josh, I went on a, uh, I was invited to go on a missions trip. So it was out then to the old Yugoslavia, as it was then. And also into Romania, because actually I was in the, the, the January after the overthrow of, uh, was it Ceausescu? Yeah, the overthrow of him. Um, and I just remembered distinctly as I was, I was traveling with an el- elderly evangelist by the name of Stan Hyde. And I remember kneeling at the bed. I'd be 18 now. And you're right, I really was wanting to just progress in the bank because I could see that was a real career path for me, particularly for a guy who likes selling. Now, then, the banks, as they were then, they were, you, can you remember the old-fashioned bank? You'd go in, you'd pay your money and all, get it out, and nobody would bother you. Well, now, everybody's wanting to, can I sell you this, can I do that? Well, that was all coming through, so that was, a, that was like just music to my ears for somebody who could go and sell and earn commission and all that kind of stuff. So I was lying all that, but I remember at, at my bed, 
kneeling and saying to Jesus, Jesus, I'll give you everything. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And so from there, there was the opportunity to go on a year out, which I had to pay to go on. So I paid for the privilege of traveling and, and all the rest of it and serving and do, building bunk beds and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it really developed from, from there, Josh, in terms of just a clearer sense of God's call over my life. I have to say this, there were some twists and turns. I don't want to open it up for now. It's not for now. Twists and turns with our family. There were some challenging times at that at that period, that we had to navigate our way through, uh, which wasn't easy for anybody. Thank God, God uh, is able to restore the locusts that the, you know that have that have you know they've been eaten from us. Um, so from the age of 16 to 21, I got married. So I was dead young. Uh, married at 21, uh, 20. Uh, Caroline was 21, so I'm a little bit of a toy boy to her. Uh, there's only six months in it, actually, but I, it's still a good line. Um, I normally get a better response, actually, from you bunch, but anyway. Um, they're not buying it. They're not buying it, now. So, um, yeah, that, that was really the journey. And then, of course, just into, into ministry and just not knowing where that was going to yeah. take us. But both of us having a clear... Caroline, I've heard, I've heard some pastor's wives or pastor's husbands say, I didn't sign into this. I'm so thankful that... Caroline knew exactly what the call was on our life. You see, I do this. Caroline wouldn't want to do this. She sat at the front. She just wanted to do this. She's, she's dead comfortable in the background. She's dead comfortable with kids. If she wanted to do this, then we'd open it up. But there's never been any pressure. But I've always felt incredibly uh, uh, built up, strengthened, helped through Caroline. And the kids, it's never been an issue either. They've just bought into this as well. So, you know, that's a bit of a journey from the 16 to 21. I'd just say for people, you, you want to look for, you're looking for God's plan over your life. You're looking for the, the right decision. You might have a few pathways in front of you. I've always found, and this has been the advice I've given, and I, I see this in Christian story as well, um, is that, you know, if, if you've got a heart for God, if you've got a heart to follow God, if you're saying, God, take me down your plan for my life, I believe he will take you down it. I don't think you need to get worried about it. I don't think you need to... Uh, to keep going around this thing. Sure, if, it, if it's a big thing, take a few weeks, take a month, speak to people about what you feel like you need to do. But I believe that if you have a heart for God, if you commit it to God, the, the plan and the journey of your life, God will take you in the right places. Yeah. Um, so you need to know that. If I can just add to that as well, yeah. Josh, one of the, an abiding verse in me is found in Proverbs, and it says, in his heart a man plans his course, yeah. but the Lord determines his steps. Yeah. So I had a very clear pathway of what I wanted to do. And it wasn't sinful, but actually the Lord had something else that he wanted me to do. Yeah. And some of you might have that, exactly that. You've got all your ducks lined up. You know where you want to go. But God's saying, hold on a minute. I want to step in because I've got something else that I want you to do. And you've just got to go with that. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Now, this is a hard question. Probably the hardest question I've ever asked on this stage. Um, but what was your biggest failure? Last 40 40 two, years, 42 40 years. years. What has been your biggest failure? What's been the biggest disappointment to you? Mm. Um, quickly, there would be a few. Um, I think one of the things was, and by the way, I don't know any of these questions, so I really am, genuinely, I don't, I said to him, don't tell me what you can ask me, because I'll just shoot from the hip. Uh, 
I think how I didn't, I didn't allow the Holy Spirit, Phil touched on it this morning, I didn't allow the Holy Spirit, certainly in my teenage years, to have full control of my life. So I still played around with the things of this world. Even though I loved God, I still played around with some things. And that, when I think about it now, I wish I hadn't have done that because I think I had an opportunity to to really stand out for him. And I didn't do that as much as I wanted to. Uh, So I think that's been uh, a disappointment to me. Um, because I think I had the opportunity to, to influence more. Uh, I think the other thing, which you know, I don't need to open up too much, it's been well documented, and I remember preaching a service, I drew a line in the sand, but there was a number of families went into the Gloria Jean's journey, and it's affected a lot of people in this room. And it's not that that's a regret, as in, I just think there's a whole stu- whole thing around that, Josh, which... You try to make sense of things. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like the Lord's led you into something, but it hasn't worked out how you expected it to lead, lead, and you're still waiting for the end of the story? I feel a little bit like that, if I'm honest. I just feel like it's not, the, it's not closed. It's not the end of the, the, the book. It's just we're in a new chapter, and I'm just having to trust God with the whatever. But it was a very big learning curve for us as a family to just lean into God and just trust God like we've never done before. You talk about that time, obviously a painful time, um, obviously being close to the situation as well, knowing it was over a span of time, not just two yeah. weeks. No. It wasn't just a month. You know, This was months yeah. and possibly years. Um, how did God use that? That, that time of, of trial, that time of hurt, that time of pain. How did God use that? I think he's, on a personal, very personal to me, he strengthened my call. So actually one of the things that he did, he absolutely affirmed, because I was, what I was doing, I was straddling. Those who, I'm assuming everybody knows, we got involved in a coffee business, and because I came, I was in ministry, but I was also doing business as well. And uh, we invested money, as a number of people did, and it didn't work out as we wanted it to be. So I I think over that season, for me personally, it strengthened my call. It made me come to the point of where, who are you going to serve? And it wasn't that I was serving two masters, we use that, but just am I going to step into the fullness of God or am I just going to not play around with it because I wasn't playing around. It wasn't a game, but do do you understand what I mean? You're awfully quiet that I just, I'm going to, so for me, that was one of the big things, Josh, that I just needed to step right into it. I think as a family, we just determined that we were going to trust God. Trust God, And I realized, actually, that, you know, there was a point where we thought we were, we were going to have to, everything would go. And at the end of the day, if it all goes, we've still got, I've still got a loving wife, not a perfect wife. I'm not doing that as a derogatory. And I'm not perfect. She's wonderful. But we have a loving family. I have four healthy kids. I have a wonderful church family. At the end of the day, is there much more that we need? Now, I know there's all the other stuff around it, 
But do you get what I mean? I think we just get so hung up on the, all, the, all the stuff of this world that actually I've become... And I'm not opposed to having a nice holiday and having a nice house and having a nice car. I've talked endlessly with Phil about this. I've got a nice house. I've got a nice car. It's not a brag. I just, we, we have. God's been very good to us. But at the end of the day, what's happened over that season, so from 2007, 2008 to now, those things are nowhere near. They're just, they're, they're, just, they're, they're not in the, in the priority bracket. It's just not where we're at now, honestly. Yeah. You have to believe me when I say it. Yeah. We've got it. So a little bit more like Paul, I've learned to be content with much and I've learned to be content with little. And I just say, blessed be the name of the Lord, whatever season I'm in, yeah. blessed be the name of the yeah. Lord. And uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah. If I can say from looking, I guess kind of on the inside, but kind of on the outside, and especially on the outside in terms of your life, I believe that your leadership since that time has gone to a completely different level. Um, I don't know if anyone else can agree with that who, who have been around long enough, but I believe that. And I believe for the people involved in that as well, Thank you. there has been growth that could never have come from success. Yeah. We're talking about God's plan. And the reality is that a Christian felt that that was the way God was leading his family at that time. And sometimes we, we find ourselves in situations where we're, we're like, why am I here? But James says a, a really funny thing, I believe it's in James, it says, consider it pure joy yeah. when you encounter trials of many kinds. And then he goes on to talk a bit more about that. And I, I believe that there are things that God actually takes us through that strengthen us, yeah. that make us stronger. Incredible periods of growth that you could never go through in a, in a, in a, in a good time in success. And if you're going through one of those times tonight, if you're, you're here and you're like, Where, why am I here? Mm. I just say, trust God, lean into God at this time, and he will teach you things that you could never learn outside yeah. and apart from the circumstance. Yeah. Now, we need to uh, finish, but quickly. Someone, people sat in here tonight saying, I'm not a Christian, but I, I want to know more. 60 seconds from your story, why should they try Jesus out, this, this Christianity. There's a song that we sing in arena. I've searched throughout the world. You're my only hope. Yeah. Please feel free to go and search. Please go and inquire. Go and look. Go and check out all the books. Go and check everything out. Please go and check it out. You'll come back to the same point. You'll realize that Jesus is the only answer and the only hope. If I could leave one verse with you, and it's, it's just a favorite of mine. Um, I'm only going there because I want to make sure that I absolutely get it around it. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Listen to me. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, to condemn you, but to save you. And I would leave that as a, as a message. Please go and search. Please go and have a look. Please go and check out. But you'll come back to the same realization that Jesus is the only answer. He is the only hope. And I would encourage you to know tonight that actually God doesn't hate you. God is not against you. Even in your sinfulness, he absolutely loves you with a passion. If we could have him on video now from heaven, a video link, there's one message he would be saying to you. I absolutely love you. I absolutely love you. Even in what you're doing, 
I love you. It's a message that we've, we've um, um, unfortunately, the church haven't been great of it because it's been like, well, God's against you. He hates you. We haven't used that language because of how we live in our life. God would say, he loves you. He loves you. So if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, ask the questions, check it all out. But I'm telling you, it will be the best decision you'll ever make. You've got to be a right tough cookie to navigate your way through. Because it's easier to, to not be a Christian. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's much easier to be not a Christian. I mean, you can curse and when people cut you up, you can get out of the car and rip them out of the car and give them a good hiding. Hello? There's a number of people I'd love to give a good hiding in the car, how they drive the cars. I'm serious. I shouldn't have said that with an ex-policeman, you know, here. But you understand what I'm saying. It's much easier. Fiddle your taxes, mess around, look at that thing on the screen. It's much easier. It's dead easy. But to live for Jesus, to live for Jesus really takes a lot of boldness and a lot of strength. But let me say, to live for him, it just gives you that peace. It's those words, peace, joy, freedom. I'm free. I'm free. Not perfect, but I'm free. So that's what I would be saying, Josh. That's great. Let's give Krishna a massive round of applause. Thank you. Let me just...